so thank you, um, everyone. I mean, it's, it's, it's really worth saying that it's, it, it's hard enough at any point to talk about your practice and <laughs> put things into words, but especially it's hard to talk about things before they've taken place. Um, is, that, is that better? Oh. Um, we can get a reverb. Should we take this one out of the equation and see what happens? Hmm. Is that better? No, uh, actually, we're going to close to speakers. Uh, okay. Yeah, yeah, it's we'll get them in there. How's this? <laughs> Is that better? Okay, we'll just begin. Um, so, yeah, no, it's, it's worth reiterating that it's hard enough to talk about your work at any moment, but um, particularly before it's happened, um, and probably the most hard is when it's in process, when you're trying to figure out um, ideas and processes. So um, thank you, everyone, to, for... Yeah, just trying to figure that out publicly. It's, it's a very hard thing to do. Um, and I got quite a hard job in terms of thinking on my feet about how to kind of connect some of those things um, and also to think about it in relation to the, uh, to the context of the show. Um, one of the things that I think for me was so striking listening to, he, listening to all of you talk um, was just this very uh, basic um, kind of condition of collaboration in your work um, and um, the condition of whether it's through the interviews, through the open call, um, like collaboration seemed to be essential to the way you were trying to work through certain ideas. Um, so I suppose I want, to st I want to start with a very basic question to each of you is like how did you arrive at collaboration? Has that been something that has always been a necessary condition um, or is it something that you found through, through a kind of lack in your own, your limitations as, a, as an artist or a thinker or whatever that may be? Like, what is it about the collaboration that allows you to work in a different way? Who's going to um, begin? No, exactly. <laughs> um, so, is this working? Yeah. 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 Oh, yeah. <laughs> it was you. <laughs> the MC causing problems with the mic. He's like. <laughs> um, I think for me, um, so I've worked with. I've led groups in the past um, on a long-term basis and a shorter-term basis. I led a, a group called the Empath Group for two, nearly three years. Um, and then, yeah, short-term things like workshops and stuff. So I've, a lot of my work is based in, in collaborative um, uh, processes anyway. But particularly for this project, um, I guess it's this, it's this thing of me trying to work out just quite simply where my community is and... Um, you know, I've spoken to so many people individually and privately who seem to be thinking the same things as me, experiencing the same um, uh, personal day-to-day -day 
things as me um, working in the art world alongside me, next to me, and we're just talking about it like on these one-on-one things. Um, and I think for us, it's been um, it's just spoken so much to how important that is in the. The, the second I put everyone in touch, we were like, right, yeah, so we're going to meet every month, right? <laughs> I don't think any of us even, I don't think anybody even put it forward. It was just, we all just assumed it um, because it is so necessary for us. So, yeah, for me, it's just, it, it, that's, that's, that's a large part of the content. It's not just the, the form. Yeah. Yeah, I, I guess, um, most a lot of my practice is me being on my own and um and I enjoy that mostly but actually I guess in terms of collaboration I guess a lot of it's about like how do you how do you let things out how do you kind of like let things out and let things grow and hold each other's ideas and fears and the situations that that come up through the work um and you um leah said that was talking about care being anti-capitalist and i can't help but think of like care and friendship and like you know like elijah and i and jamila have known each other for many many years from school you guys talking about um where you met and the conditions and how as much, I guess, as artists, as friendships grow, um, that those kind of bonds are also (coughs) important to have these kind of like artistic friendships um, to give you a solid base for any any kind of material work, really. Yeah, I guess I've worked, I work individually as an artist and I also work with the collective, collective creativity that I'm a part of. Um, And then I've worked in various forms collectively. And I guess for me, it's also just kind of the conditions, like as a queer, trans artist of colour, the community, the pool is quite small. And so often we're having to be in competition with each other for for work even and, and opportunities. So we're kind of forced into having to be in some form of community, whether that's supportive you know, yeah, how how we choose to kind of use that situation, and I think that's c- kind of where a lot of it has been born from. It's like, yeah, let's let's talk about this. Let's talk about the fact that we have to go for the same position. What does that mean? What does that do to our friendships and our community? And um, and then I guess it's just coming from, I guess I don't know, maybe it's just a cultural background of of always being socialised in community and and that being something that I'm just familiar with and used to, and and that's that in that way. But in terms of working collectively, I think for me it's just it's it's provided a space that we can hold each other, like this holding space, this this network. Um, and something to what you just said about you know yeah sh- sharing resources and sharing that kind of that kind of knowledge. But I think there are you know there are tensions, and this is when I come back to the kitchen table conversation. There's a lot I've been in a lot of activist spaces where we had to be <laughs> sat at the table with each other and we haven't agreed. Um, but I think that's a really productive kind of tension so for me collectivity is kind of many different many different things yeah Uh, yeah Um, I mean in the most basic form 
like the first kind of like collaborative things I would have done is Pirate Radio and I would have shared a show with like another DJ so you don't have to buy all the same records and because um, you can't afford to buy everything this was like when people bought music and then um, like the collaborative performances like the picture I showed with Skepto and things like that I, I'm used to playing with maybe like one other DJ and then other MCs and all that kind of stuff and it's not possible for me to do anything without you know the one or the other and then you know the promoters of the music that I do are usually artists too so you have this kind of thing where like yeah and I've become that too I've put on shows and then DJed at my own show and then do you know what I mean like I'm like getting the artist in and they're like oh it's like five minutes to my set and I'm gonna play and then like the, the, the things the boundaries between each practice isn't as defined so um, I guess that it's like all of everyone here today has been like we're like interdisciplinary and like yeah that's like everyone <laughs> everyone is kind of like that everyone is like I, I rarely meet anyone these days that works in like one art form and like uh, there's most art forms you need something someone else to do something I think it's I think it's really interesting actually within the context of of Wising because I mean I, I imagine um, you know conventionally the artist residency is the place where the single artist comes and they think and they produce the work and that's you know that's the form of the residency I mean there was you were talking um, John about the fact that the the submission process has changed I imagine you know being able to as Raju, you talked about, I think, a, a certain like institutional practice at a certain certain moment, like how how somewhere like Wising can accommodate collaborative ways of working and uh, accommodate um, polyphony. You know, I mean, it's all very well to say, okay, polyphony is our theme. We're going <laughs> to deal with polyphony, but like, how does that work in real terms of like practice of people coming here, of being hospitable? You know, that's it's a whole different way of working institutionally as well as personally for all the artists. Yeah, I mean, we've really been rethinking what artists need when it comes to residencies. And um, there are kind of various things going on, various things at play. There's, a, I say, generally maybe a, a shrinking of the studio. So um, maybe with the exception of uh, Phoebe and Jamila, who've been kind of making uh, making objects, a lot, of, a lot of artists come for the residencies and really just need like desk space to work. But um, So that's kind of happening. But then at the same time, there are a lot of collaborations which are kind of separated geographically. So um, rather than uh, having kind of two or three people who can meet up in the same city, which kind of, as Raju's made clear in their work, is something that's becoming more difficult by itself, you're also having this uh, new a new problem that's kind of um, you know enabled or created by ease of communication where um, collaborations ex exist kind of like nationwide or kind of... Uh, across across kind of seas and continents and um that's something we've been kind of very keen to support to just give space for groups to come together yeah i mean i think i think i suppose what i'm driving at something that also also came across in all of your presentations was um uh Leo, was it you who brought up the the personal is the political mantra um uh, so this kind of uh um absolutely necessary um blurring of one's actual conditions of life uh, <laughs> uh of how we work who we speak to on what terms and then the work 
gets produced. I mean, Raju, you talked about it when you did this residency as actually using that moment to figure out, okay, where the hell, <laughs> where the hell, like, what are all the bits that, that are going and the, and the fact that um, no longer could one just present work about something, rather it needs to be, like, we need to understand it as, as who we are, the, like the practice that we, the practice that gets produced and the practice gets made. Um, so I suppose what I, if I could kind of veer towards a question, I, I guess it would be like within art world spaces, whether that's residencies, galleries, institutions, very formalized ways of working, like how does one, what are the mechanisms that one can use to like bring that very real personal situation into that? Like how, how can we find ways to sort of break those open? <laughs> or like I mean are you finding that institutions like Wising I know you're also involved in the showroom for example are they becoming more accommodating is it is it a question of uh, like where are we with that like how long have you got <laughs> <laughs> I think that's the problem you know that is the problem um, for me and I think I guess that's why I wanted to focus on kind of informal knowledges and informal ways and processes of, of producing knowledge because I even feel like even when institutions get me in knowing that that's my practice and that's how I work and this is my background and that's what they're attracted to, they still, there is that, this, this other sense of assimilation to like assimilate into their way of doing things mm -hmm. and structure or how can, how can we change their structure by doing things our way but then not allowing that, that to take place. So I think that for me is this, this ongoing struggle and I think that comes down to uh, funding and, and how, they, how they're managing to finance what's happening in those institutions that doesn't allow them to then, they're bound, they're bound by that funding and I think that's, that's the difference between self-organizing and institutions is that you know when you're self-organizing you make your own rules up. So for me it's been a challenge um, but what was your question exactly? What, like, how just, just, how yeah. do you bring that in? I mean, is it is it a fight worth having? Or I mean, you talked about um, Phoebe. You talked about like anti-assimilation. Um, you know, we can also about talk about kind of uh, separationist tendencies. There's a whole area of, uh, of theory around separationists. Like, is it better to be separate? Actually, whether that's as um, uh, as women, questions of gender, question of color, or like, how do you is it better to uh, to uh, to assimilate or anti-assimilate? Like, where's where's the fight in terms of the in terms of institutions? Um, I don't know. I guess people who haven't historically been given any space or even been able to take space easily um, have always found a way of operating within these systems. Um, to give an example of my experience at Wising, there's, I became at home in the farmhouse. I became at home in the places that I was able to take over. In those places, I did what I wanted. Um, in terms of interactions with, with all the staff here, like there are moments when the conversations are in a car or like something like that, and we're two people in a the car. There are times when the conversations are in a building and th those parameters shift. So I don't know if you can think about it so absolutist in a sense. Um, 
but more talking to each other about how how we find ways of dealing with those boundaries so that we don't like get hurt more I guess you know how to and you know Elijah was talking about Raju's map and things like that it's just like if I'd seen that I wouldn't have had my heart broken so many times do you know what I mean like and or more than that yeah you come and but yeah so like maybe it's not just like a what will the building look like maybe it will just look like this you know but like how do we work inside the building or something I don't know and maybe Elijah having like uh, been involved in this uh, process with the Arts Council maybe you want to add in something in terms of a very kind of formalised process that you're part of but you spoke about it very positively yeah yeah um because yeah, this 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 scheme is called change makers. The resistance to change have like a kind of license to just say, "Oh, let's do this," and people not want to. Do you mean not say no for this eighteen months? And in organisation, <laughs> I've got like a limited time of being able to do it. And I've been able to um, push buttons and just like yeah, pass like in Graham, there's, there's oh, pass the mic just someone else in the situation so a lot of the time um at lighthouse i'll invite people in that are not like speakers to speak uh, or not um whatever used to leading workshops to lead workshops and then that changes the dialogue in the room and they they just get to listen to it rather than there being like a formal consultation process of who is allowed to speak or who is you know an, an artist or something like I feel like one thing that was good for me is like what I did for a long time wasn't I wasn't being called an artist and it just allowed all this kind of freedom. I wasn't like being called a, like a, a visual artist or a DJ or something like that. It wasn't it wasn't any formality of my actual role. So it just allowed like okay, you can just listen to this person, this is this person, this person. I'm not like bound by any rules myself, so I can. I can actually preach that. I'm like, I've got this far without having um, this. Yeah, I don't listen to these people because they they don't they're not directors or they're not uh, they haven't shown at a gallery before because I didn't know what those spaces were. All I can do is just judge on what I like and what I think is good, and which is kind of what we should be doing, right? So maybe I don't know. <laughs> I want to shift the conversation a little bit actually to think about the. Um, exhibition in a in a certain way um i mean i think one of the things that i've been thinking about a lot recently um is the kind of the the inadequacy of the exhibition <laughs> um not this exhibition <laughs> exhibitions in general like the the inadequacy of the exhibition format um you know this moment where you have to crystallize things when the opening comes you can't change it anymore um, that's the statement that you're making either as a curator or as an artist or an institution um, and the fact that it is bound by certain formats um, images objects texts um, I think listening to um, everyone speak today kind of reinforced that view that the um, the, ex the the you know the, the certain inadequacy of the exhibition format to mediate the 
types of practices that you're all engaged with and I think that um, artists are increasingly engaged with um, collaborative research discursive kitchen table based practices um, so I suppose um, uh, to lead this all to a, to a question would be um, where do you where do you stand on the types of the types of formats that you're being asked to make work in and through and and are those adequate sufficient Elijah you talked about the kind of luxury of to say okay I'm not this person I can work in all these different ways but that's not always the case um, so I suppose I want to I want to ask a little bit about the formats in which you're um, being asked to make work and and even if you could like reflect on certain things reflect on certain moments where that could have worked or didn't work I guess I in terms of what is asked of you I don't know if much like changes that much in terms of like a gallery situation or like an art institution situation but I think in terms of ways in which it's possible for us to <coughs> redefine like how we what we want a show to look like I feel like there's like a lot more possibility even thinking about kind of like I don't know an idea of like time being racist and time being sexist or ableist um and like, I mean, things in my practice, like if ever I make something, it can always change unless it's literally not in my hands anymore. Um, if someone buys a video, it's always still available online. Like they can only, I see like that kind of thing as patronage and support. I don't see it as like own ownership necessarily, even if they have like a flop, like a USB or something like that. Um, I like when things like keep moving so like in Jamila's um, practice in lots of her performances she'll ask different people to collaborate on music there have been times when like Elijah's sent me I've asked Elijah to do a reading of a poem that Jamila has sent me to make her something then I find out Jamila's showing like a new work with the music all messed up by someone else and you know like these things us being open to new possibilities, also like new ways of working. Like I worked in clubs for years um, and was always too shy to make music. Had I been involved in something like what Elijah's doing, I would have been really on it. But so I think that like just keeping things moving, like trying to provide the literal conditions for people to like, you know, fulfil their wildest imagination, and also like maybe this relates to you talking about like not just being black or however you described it but like what do we actually want to make like what color is it what shape is it does it have a shape like you know like all the ama amazing things that we could possibly like create for someone to experience like what is that actually going to be rather than as well as thinking about anti-assimilation and the activism that it holds as well Yeah, I guess for me it's like, um, I, oh, like Elijah was saying, everyone's interdisciplinary. I think for me, I, what the work I make, the, the form it takes depends on what it's about. Like I just made a VR game, which is the thing that's behind the front desk. I haven't done that before. Um, which, you know, a lot of that's to do with access, so it's downloadable as an app, so anyone in the world can have it as long as you've got a phone. 
Um, and then, yeah, and I think, um, like Phoebe was saying, my work sometimes can be something that's, you know, ever-changing. Like, um, like when I was leading the empath group, a lot of people <laughs> were asking me, so then, so then are you going to make work with it? With it? It's like, no, that is the work. <laughs> we meet <laughs> once a month, that's the work. <laughs> and um, I was really, really uh, influenced actually by um, a group of artists called Grupa Spomenik, which um, is uh, Serbian for memorial group. So they're a group of people, uh, artists and academics and writers, um, all from countries in the former Yugoslavia, who um, decided uh, in response to a call from the city of Belgrade to like a really rare moment where they called for a memorial for the, the, the war that broke down Yugoslavia, um, they proposed we will be the memorial and we will meet as a group to discuss genocide regularly. Um, and of course it wasn't accepted because they wanted a sculpture because then it's over and done with and you can just be like yep don't have to feel guilty <laughs> it's there we put you know however much money into this um, but they can they they decided to make the work anyway so they meet and they talk about genocide and they accept you can never that's something you can never ever understand but the attempt at it is worth it mm. and I think for me that's that's massively influenced my practice that way of thinking like you can't, I don't want to come to conclusions. Uh, I don't want to make uh, decisions between things necessarily. Um, but the attempt at it is definitely worth it and the talking about it and the process of it. Mm-hmm. Having said that, I think sometimes it can actually be really good and really satisfying to make something that is finished. <laughs> I just finished making um, a film work and it's like, it's there. And actually, I don't have to put any more labour into it because it's done. Because <laughs> sometimes, sometimes you do end up putting all your energy into these things that are really important to you. But then, yeah, I, I guess particularly from my position being ill, uh, I, don't, I just can't do it all the time. And sometimes I do need to reassess, like, how much energy do I have for this? But, yeah, um, I guess I come to arts practice in a slightly maybe different route or because I like I said I was self-organizing so a lot of the time we had the capacity to do whatever we wanted to do and have that freedom to make whatever we wanted to make when that kind of those spaces start to shut down and I started to come more and more into institutional spaces I've kind of there has been this resistance so oh, why am I being asked to like put something in a in a room and I think I've never I've never really worked like that and I've worked in performance so that is a different form as well that allows you to kind of interrupt and disturb those kind of logics um, but then kind of moving away from that now it's, it's interesting because yeah when John asked me to, to submit what I was working on I was like um, it's just a work in progress it's a work in progress it's not, it's not ready it's not right you know so and then hearing this feedback about the, the tablecloth as well like yeah this thing of making something like I'm glad I did it now even though at the time I was like I'm just going to something that's a work in progress um, but yeah this, this this question I think is about what is the work and for me it's like often it's the process and not the the tangible kind of outcome of it um, and I don't always like to document everything that I'm doing either I think one of the, uh, the word that I keep coming uh, back to is, is practice um, uh, which I think kind of it's so important to, to think about now the practice that all of you are doing or and also the institutions doing like that's that's the work like <laughs> the the as I say the kind of choices that are made the people that you're talking to the processes you're going through the practice is the work and it's not that that you know um, uh, 
Stuart Hall has this wonderful phrase where he talks about moments of arbitrary closure um, uh, where things are like presented and that would be like the exhibition format right where you have this moment of arbitrary closure and then it opens up and it reforms and it re goes in something completely different um, uh, but the, 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 the practice the, the reading the writing the talking um, that's that's where the work is that's where the work situated um, so um, I say also that there's like possibility which I like I get the impression of like is what the, the sort of like ideas were behind the new sort of style of residencies at Wising is that like an institution could have a practice <coughs> right mm. that, that is possible for yeah. so that rather than coming together and you're like there's a rock and you're like all like Aah! it's like you're both a bit like that you know you've both been actually trying to do work and where that sits together mm. like, I don't know yeah yeah do you want to add something to that John or um, as the institution <laughs> yeah I mean uh, particularly with regard to the idea of um, uh, ex exhibitions being like a limited form or what, what was the phrase used exhibitions as, uh, the in inadequacy yeah. of exhibitions I mean um, I'd say that kind of as an institution is certainly a uh, we have a practice or is there, there is a way we, we try to do things and you end up with a very unconventional program and then with an exhibition like this it's an opportunity to kind of present 12 months of a very unconventional program in a very conventional form and that um, you know there are opportunities in there there are things you can do that are interesting there are not it's great that you can revisit conversations or um, you know kind of bring something from February into conversation or something from November but that, but there are obviously kind of uh, limitations and it's um, you know in, in this exhibition there are lots of references to things that have happened and it's that will have different meanings depending on whether you experienced it or not and it can be a bit like looking at um, a group photograph and saying like, oh here's Women's Beat League they did this amazing uh, retreat that was just for eight eight people and you can kind of talk about it and you can kind of talk about what came what came from that and it's uh, but but it, there there is a limitation and it's kind of um, and just just one other thought is that um, kind of in a uh, sort of a very standard kind of art kind of structure or art career um, exhibitions are kind of always seen as as the prize and while uh, practices get more uh, more varied more interdisciplinary I think it's really important to remember that. Um, uh, you know, there there might be uh, a trap in that those practices could just end up being left in kind of um, education programs or performance programs, and that um, you know I, I think it's important to you know if if the exhibition format doesn't work, you then it can be changed, and I think that's important. Yeah, and, I, and um, I mean, I'm an exhibition curator, so don't get me wrong, I love exhibitions. <laughs> um, and I love, I love the finished thing, you know, I, lo I love that, the, that moment where you can um, step back and say, that's done, you know, that's, that's it, um, tick the box. But um, yeah, I think it, it's, it's, also, it's also incredibly um, apparent that we need to constantly challenge it, reinvent it, rethink it, rework it, all these sorts of things. 
Yeah. Because I forgot to mention the holding, the um, the, the exhibition at the showroom at the moment um, kind of tries to disturb that logic okay. of the exhibition space, and so there's a schedule to the show and different things happen. I don't want to give it away, but people should go and check that out. Um, it's called the fa- the. It's something about the conversation. Oh, I've forgotten the title. So <laughs> it's terrible. There's there's something in the conversation that's more interesting than the finality of a title. Yeah. Long one. Which, <laughs> <laughs> Um, you like you, you like talk about exhibitions, like how musicians talk about albums, and it's like there's a benefit to doing albums and putting them out and doing a traditional kind of touring cycle, and in between that, there's all these other kind of exciting things that happen. So sometimes you like a person's record, um, like Solange or something, but then in between, she just did some like massive like installation thing that looks like really interesting, and that's like for me, like I might interact with the album once like going to an exhibition but then the installation is the thing that blows your head off do you know what I mean all the things that you do in between to get to the mm-hmm. album do you know what I'm saying I think like if we as artists whatever are looking at exhibitions like that it's like okay we still do them mm-hmm. like if you need to and then everything else in between is kind of like maybe where the party's happening mm-hmm. do you know what I mean yeah, I mean, I think it's also it's taking that idea of um, polyphony also in terms of the formats, right, and the registers that things happen. So they happen they happen at these very different different registers, whether it's the album, the live performance, the exhibition, the kitchen table conversation. It's that type of polyphony as well in terms of the actual voices that are yeah. speaking. You know what? It's like when I look at artists' websites and I see like that their work and it'll be like by the year I'm like oh man how do I even list the things that I've done in the same way I feel like um, kind of like imposter syndrome I do the same like amount of work probably but then I can't list it in the same way because it's like not next to an organisation or something it's like if you did a show like underneath a Chinese restaurant and then I put like a uh, a year next to it it doesn't really look legit (laughs) in the same way that you know if it's that wising and it's happening do you know what I mean Rashida, Rashida Arain had this, like, I was doing this book um, where I was trying to inventorize a lot of his work, and you come across, I'd say, Rashid, what's the date of this? And he was like, well, it's 1971 slash uh, 1975 to 2015. I'm like, what? He's like, well, I first had the idea in 1971. Like, I collected some of the material. I didn't think to do anything in 1975, and then I revisited it in 2013, and it's that kind of... It's that kind of thing, but it, yeah, it also it makes you realise how absurd like giving a date to <laughs> a piece of art is, because of course it's like its genealogy goes back so many different ways and places. Um, maybe there's some questions or comments. Yep. 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 <laughs> I didn't actually have a question to the last thing about um, space and the work and stuff, and I guess like. Like I'm, a, I'm a dancer, trained in dance, I went to dance school and I've ended up working in a lot of visual art spaces and so how my work exists in the space is really informed by the space um, and as much as I hear a lot of talk about how spaces can change and ideas can change, one of the constant conversations I'm having with dancers and performers that like me and Jamila talk about it all the time is how these spaces cannot hold our work mm-hmm. and it really does change the work like I, I, I believe part of, definitely not all but part of the reason that I started making moving images and film was to also manage that and want to have conversations or want to be part of these conversations. But actually, if my work's down the theatre 
and then only a certain type of person comes or I put it in a, in a rave where like I've also practiced and a lot of my work comes from, then I don't get access to this type of conversation and this type of money. So I guess like when you're thinking about, you know, I guess it's a comment and a question, but it's like how, how, do, how does the space change enough to disrupt the hierarchy of art? And I think um, I really resonate with a lot of what you're saying because I've always felt like bodies really struggle with that and sound really struggle with that. Like going institutions are so interested in a lot of what they might call like London music or black sonic art or grime, but they don't have the sound systems to hold it. They just cannot produce the sound and they don't invest in the same level of rigor that they put in installing a physical piece of work. And I feel that way about how my body is placed in the spaces. I'd be interested how, what people think about that. Is a question. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um. I'm not sure I need to think about that for a moment. Does anyone else have a comment? Yeah, I mean, yeah, that's a, that's what your comment is. What's keeping me, like, from not making more and like trying to, like I say, like trying to stay in the arts profession because I understand those things and I want people like you in the space doing things. Do you know what I'm saying? So I'm kind of torn because I've I've seen so much of this world and I want to just do my own thing. But at the same time, if I just leave it and just focus on myself then there's all this opportunity that I can't like I mean give to you I'm kind of like oh shit uh, you said that as well and I'm like oh we, we should try and work on something or, <laughs> you know what I mean that, and I'm not even in a like pos- uh, well I guess beyond May I won't even have a job anymore so, <laughs> so yeah I didn't have one before but now and I know a lot more stuff but I don't have a space that's been the issue but um, I think Hopefully, like with you know, maybe you as well, um, Phoebe, like everyone, like everyone that understands these kind of things, like need to find yourselves in positions where you commission as well as make. I know that might be a pain in the ass for you, but like <laughs> splitting some of your time away from your practice and, um, Oh yeah, or yes, or yeah, or making 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 that as part of your practice, like um, like in Graham they always say, oh, who did you bring through? Like we, I like I like this person because he, um, all these artists came from him, or like I like this radio station because all these artists came from there, like, and that bit being like quite a like the diff- the reason I'm here is because you know three or four artists that I work with became successful later on as well, do you know what I mean? And it's like, okay, I did something and then like I used part of my money to to spend whatever a thousand pounds getting someone else's record out. And just hopefully that happening in the arts, like artists taking that on in institutions. I might be going on a bit, but at people that understand the culture and stuff. Um actually yeah, taking up like applying for jobs and shit man. I think it's really important. Maybe not me but like someone else. I guess this this applies slightly less to your question and thoughts as to what you were saying, but like when we had the open call, we purposely didn't look at people's CVs. Like I guess <laughs> Jimena and I are probably quite similar, but like we just opened up the email 
got a vibe, maybe checked their link to the website, got a vibe, and and just went that way, you know? Mainly it was like there were no's because people were like, not, the <laughs> I don't know, <laughs> not connecting. Um, but like there was one person in particular who was just like, just so wanted to come and just had all the enthusiasm. It was like, okay, like that's enough. I mean, obviously not all processes can be like that, but maybe the processes can contain some of that standpoint and energy of like openness to like this person wants to be here so come you know um yeah i, th I think i'd um is this still working yeah i think i i probably have a bit more of a literal take on what you were saying in terms of bodies in spaces like um like i was saying in my talk like if you're if you can't get out of bed <laughs> which I'm, I, I don't know what the answer is but um, I'm just thinking about it a lot at the moment and thinking of other ways around it like I've decided I'm going to get people to FaceTime me into private views when I'm too ill <laughs> to get out of the house um, because I think in the art world as well there is just so much pressure to be seen and if you're in these positions where it is harder to be seen or in, in, in my case literally <laughs> can't be physically present in the space then you feel like you're losing out professionally as well as the experience of it and just wanting to the basicness of seeing the stuff um so yeah i i don't know it's, it's on my mind yeah <laughs> i'm trying to keep it short though um no i totally agree with you and i think i'm constantly thinking about how how we're constantly changing and whether we're losing integrity with the work that we're making by having to shift to certain spaces and i'm kind of i guess interested in us building different infrastructure for us to show work that actually works for us and so we don't have to compromise because i think yeah that we shouldn't have to compromise on our work um yeah. I was thinking about the people who change floors. One of the main issues of galleries is concrete mm. floors, and it actually causes so much injury. Mm -hmm. So it's interesting because, like, for them, I can't work and I'm in pain. So it's not just like a, it's like it does then spark a move towards. I had my, le my knee strapped up yeah. the whole time Jamila and I were working mm. on stuff on the concrete floor.
I think it's totally uh, thank God the institutions or spaces are playing catch up rather than the other way around right <laughs> that, the, that they're having to hopefully adapt because of the practice that's being made and the ideas that are being generated rather than the other way around because that would be a horrible situation uh, did you want to add something John or do we yeah, sh- uh, uh, just quickly um, <coughs> the kind of while institutions can try and play catch up and can um, try and be uh, kind of informed by artists and led by act- artists as much as possible it still makes sense for them to um, sort of play play to their strengths in a way so that's why um, you know we've with Wising's location, it might not make sense to have a, say, like a weekly events program that was kind of uh, showcasing the music that we were that we're really interested in, because there would be might be challenges of bringing in an audience that would, um, or creating a context where um, a DJ set would make sense. But that is something that we can do on through a music festival, and so, or um, there are kind of other things we could do, which is kind of facilitating conversations or kind of, um, you know, like asking uh, Women's Beat League to lead a retreat that kind of, um, that was similar to the um, image that Elijah showed us. So their their project was to kind of uh, offer kind of uh, lessons on CDJs for a week for uh, eight uh, women and non-binary people. And that's kind of something we can do using the space that, that we have. So while it's kind of, always kind of want to adapt it's still sort of mm-hmm. there are things that we're better at and other mm-hmm. places would be better at. Uh, I sort of just I want to thank everyone again one of these moments where so many things have kind of resonated but A just I think particularly acknowledging actually um, I think the, the advancement within people's practice I think a lot of the things Elijah you were saying about the need for things to kind of change. I think you're already kind of embodying through the way that you're creating structures, um, through, the, through these kind of collaborative structures. And it struck me one of the underlying things that's very important about the way that, I don't know whether that's a generational shift or not, or whether maybe that's about connecting generations, but there is certainly this idea of kind of um, knowledge production, and that came up, and that sense in which I think um, people are sort of challenging orthodoxy, historical archive, institutional structures um, through new knowledge production or by reconfiguring or recalibrating existing centres of knowledge. And then also these forms of kind of um, knowledge distribution and dissemination, so finding new pathways of kind of connecting to kind of audiences. And I think it's just important to sort of recognise that you're doing that already Mm. because it's by inadequacies of existing institutional structures um, and to me there's really something interesting about Raji you know you, you working in and out of these things yes. that feels a really important strategy yes. that you're not completely yeah. subsumed within necessary for survival and healing yeah. as well yeah. but, but, but yeah, yeah. working both I yeah. think as a kind of strategy um, feels also really important and really vital and I think I'd just be lastly so it's just a lot of comments not um, for me, there's a really interesting thing about a kind of intergenerational connection. Um, personally, I think as someone in, in their 40s, I feel like I'm in, I've been in the middle, because I was taught by uh, people like Sister Biswa mm-hmm. and Keith Piper and Tony Boyce and um, 
back to the previous generation. Um, and uh, again, I had that, this came up a lot of the time with about an absence of kind of being connected to um, practices or looking for practices that reflected uh, one's own interests, the identity. Um, and again, as someone that's now teaching, that's still going on, mm. I think. But it feels to me that there is this now a beginning kind of connection, I think, amongst the maybe young, younger generation actively seeking out these previous histories. And I think that's also a really important thing because that's often how institutional power works through canonical structures. Yeah, yeah. Mm. So that sense in which there is this history of practice that not validates, but that creates Mm. that, you know, my work isn't just operating in a kind of vacuum. Mm. And I think that's really, really important moving forward, is that I think um, emerging younger artists recognise that they are part of, we're not just working in isolation, despite the inadequacy of the problem that works in the arts, we're still in that place where, you know, uh, I'm in encountering people that are saying, where, where am I here? Mm. You know? mm. um, but anyway, I just felt that that was mm. something that I think that has perhaps shifted with the um, I think people are coming from this place where they feel they are increasingly more connected, mm. and, and there is there are these histories that they are. Sorry. You know, I I was I really agree, and the the canaries that you were talking about, um, specifically the canaries project, when I first encountered that two years ago now, it completely changed my life. Like, and I wasn't even at that point experiencing any of the same things that as directly in terms of my health that that um, Carolyn and others were talking about but it, it completely shifted the way I was thinking and that was through um, I think initially finding a text that they'd produced and I, I live in New York so they had been doing a, a residency at recess because of the structure of recess which is a um, uh, projects base, I think it's called, um, in New York, where uh, the space is given to a new group every month. And in terms of the form and structure of that, it's like it's open for the people to do whatever they need to do in there. It can be open to the public, or it could be not open to the public. It's like it's it's like um, amorphous or whatever. Um, <coughs> yeah, and the fact that that can then get to, to me and to you and to even more maybe directly help you. But, yeah, it's those are some of the good things. <laughs> yeah, um, I was just going to say, I mean, I don't want to turn it into a, the debate that we've all heard and had about is social media good or bad. But um, there was another... <laughs> let's not... But um, <laughs> please. Um, but there was, yeah, there was a really interesting article in the Guardian, I think, about a week ago, that was called "Why um, Disabled People Can't Hashtag Delete Facebook," and it's because actually that's how a lot of people rely on reaching their communities. Mm. Um, yeah, and I was also just going to add that, yeah, like you were saying, the thing of where where are my peers, and that's what I'm doing. I'm going where are my peers? Actually, they're all around. I don't really even need to look. What all I'm trying to do is remove the moment where us in our ill health are subsidising institutions' lack of access with the energy that we don't have and the health that we don't have. So going to do an event or a private view or something that 
you know will knock you out for the next week or so. That's just subsidising and you're paying the price at the end of that. So I suppose, um, yeah, and then you're kind of like pretending, you know, uh, trying to come off as well because um, because if you don't, you, you fear that you won't be employed as an artist or art worker or, or, or in any, any employment, actually. So, but yeah, just kind of looking around me and going, okay, so we're doing this, let's not. <laughs> and then when you take that away, if people feel able to, then there's so many, there's so many of us there. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I totally agree with you, Harold. And also, I think to make that link that it's really, that, that's come about from collectivity and, and having support networks and, and kind of making demands and taking up space and having entitlement and um, also politics of refusal to say, no, I'm not going to work in, under these conditions, you know, and I think that's important as well. Um, but, yeah, I mean, I'm really inspired by younger generations. I'm teaching at UAL now, and there's a lot happening around decolonizing the curriculum and students just putting petitions out and demanding for, for staff of colour. And, you know, so I think, you know, that that groundwork has been done over the over the years. And it's, it, you know, we, we do see the changes and we don't see the changes. It's both, right? And everything's happening at the same time. Are there any last questions or comments? Um, John, do you want to, any, any last comments or thoughts or you... No, not not for me. Rather, just uh, thanks to everyone. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I think I think just to um, maybe end on that on that point that um, this kind of I think what you see in the show and what we've seen today now is this very very complex negotiation between historical precedents, groundworks, examples and very real um, negotiations of practice and working methodologies and all these sorts of things. And it's a really, yeah, really complex, um, a complex way of working, a complex uh, way of practicing. Um, and I just, yeah, I, again, to say a huge thank you to all of you for, for sharing that with us um, and also to, to Wising to um, putting on the show um, and to opening this, this afternoon up. It's been wonderful. Thank you.